Hello there, When in Spain listeners. Well, of course, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. Yes, another episode of When in Spain with me, Paul Birch. A warm welcome to episode number 11. Hope you've had a fantastic week and you're enjoying your summer wherever you're listening from. Uh, now, I had originally planned to talk to a couple of my Spanish friends here in the UK about their experiences of life here compared with back home in Spain. Unfortunately, they're away in Spain at the moment, uh, which I had forgotten, and uh, so they're not around to do the podcast this week. So I will save that for next week. So I've flipped things around. Uh, in this episode, um, another how-to guide. We're going to be looking at how to open a Spanish bank account. Obviously, super important if you're coming to live and work in Spain. You can't to really function for very long without uh, a working bank account. Uh, as you'll probably remember, if you listened to last week's episode, I was talking about the NIE, the uh, fiscal uh, identification number and your residency card, which, as you probably gathered, is a fairly complex process. It's not really very black and white, depending on where you are in Spain and who you deal with on the day and all of these kinds of things. Well, uh, I have to say, opening a bank account, in my experience, was was kind of the same. It wasn't actually that straightforward, whereas you'd think it would be. Spanish bank accounts, um, they are available to uh, residents and non-residents of Spain. Uh, there are a couple of differences, however, uh, between accounts for non-residents and residents. In order to get a resident bank account, uh, you need a NIE and that's uh, why I wanted to get the NIE episode done last week so that we could move on to other practicalities uh, like opening a Spanish bank account, uh, things that require your NIE number usually. So yeah, there are resident and non-resident bank accounts. Um, resident bank accounts uh, for for people who are resident in Spain, who have their NIE, have their residence card, whether it be permanent or temporary. Um, the accounts for, for residents tend to be more flexible, they have more perks, they have lower fees. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're, you know, coming to Spain, but you don't plan to live there on a permanent basis, and you're only going to be spending maybe a few weeks here, a few weeks there, or maybe if you're buying a property in Spain, but you're not going to be actually living in Spain, um, a non-resident bank account uh, probably will be easier to open uh, in that situation. If you want to switch your bank account from a non-resident bank account to a resident bank account, it is possible to do that. Um, again, I've heard mixed uh, kind of experiences to this procedure, but I'll talk about that in a minute. So let's look at what you actually need to open a Spanish bank account. Well, if you're a non-resident, the bank account is called Una Cuenta para No Residentes. And uh, to open that as a non-resident, you will simply need um, a valid uh, passport or national identity card if you're an EU citizen, uh, a document to prove your address, so your address back home, uh, a recent bank statement or a utility bill from your home country that is, uh, which is less than three months old, 
And you'll also need a document to prove your employment status, such as a payslip or a tax return or something relating to your pension that, pro that proves you're receiving a pension. And then usually you will need to get these documents uh, officially translated into Spanish by a sworn official translator, which is called a, a traductor jurado. So you'll need all of this documentation and you will probably need it translated into Spanish officially with a stamp. And another thing that the bank may ask you for, for a, to open a non-residence account, is a piece of paper called a Certificado de No Residencia. And this is a certificate of non-residency, um, which banks usually ask to be presented to them within 15 days of opening the account. Uh, how do you get one of these certificados de no residencias? Well, you can get them from usually a police station uh, which has the uh, foreigner's office inside it. It normally takes, uh, I believe, between five and ten days to get the certificate, but again, as I mentioned last time with the NIE, it will depend on whereabouts you are in Spain, which city you're in, which police station you go to. Um, I have heard that some people uh, can get the certificate on the spot in person. And you'll have to pay, I think, around 15 euros, a uh, little fee to get the certificate. Uh, and then you present that to the bank. Some banks offer to do this for you um, as well. So that's an option. I would inquire when you're opening the account whether you can or whether the bank can do it for you. Um, but also I've heard uh, lots of people say that um, many banks actually do not insist on having uh, a non-residence certificate. But the only thing they will say is that they are obliged to check uh, your residency status every two years so that if uh, during the time you do become a resident you have to inform them and uh, presumably they will then change your bank account to a residence bank account uh, and this is all due to uh, well mainly tax purposes um, as a non-resident in Spain you're not required to pay uh, certain taxes Okay, so what about if you're coming to live and work in Spain? And I think really this episode is more governed towards people who are coming to stay long term and be a resident in Spain. Uh, you will need a, a residence bank account, uh, Cuenta para Residentes. And you, just to say that you are classed as a resident in Spain if you spend uh, 183 days or more per year in the country. Or there's another way that you can be classed as a resident um, is, is if you use Spain as the base for your uh, business or professional activity. So in order to open a bank account as a resident of Spain, you'll need the following documents. Of course, a valid passport or uh, an ID card if you're an EU citizen, a national ID card. A document to prove your Spanish address, so a lease, uh, a recent utility bill, However, in my experience, when I opened my bank account, I, I actually wasn't asked for any proof of address. So again, this is something that may depend on what bank you go to, what branch you go to, who deals with you. Um, but I wasn't asked to, uh, to provide any form of uh, address. What I was asked to, to provide was my NIE, a NIE number. And I had a bit of uh, hassle with that, which I'll talk about in a minute, but you'll need a NIE number for sure. And then you'll need some kind of either proof of occupation or some kind of proof of status. So if you've uh, accepted a job and uh, they've given you a job contract, you can take your job contract along. Um, a student card if you're coming to Spain to study. Any kind of letter from an accountant or lawyer. 
that says you're um, buying a property in Spain or something like that. Uh, if you're if you're coming to retire, uh, and indeed if you are coming to retire in Spain, confirmation of uh, pension uh, receipts, pension payments that you're going to receive, and things like that. They they have clamped down quite a lot on this now. This is uh, I think since the sort of just before the crisis, there's an extra requirement now. I think it came in in about 2007 by the Bank of Spain, and I think it was to really cut down on uh, money la- you know, combat money laundering. So uh, my story, what happened was, and as I just mentioned, I had a bit of uh, a bit of trouble with my NIA number of, of the bank accepting it. So my story was, I, I I had a job lined up, I had a job contract, I had already started working before I had my bank account open, um, because this is the problem. You kind of get caught in this loop. You normally, if you're working to open a a residence bank account, you need a NIA number and you need a contract. Um, So I had my contract, I went to the bank and um, presented my temporary NIA, so the white A4 piece of paper with my name and the NIA number printed on it. This is the temporary NIA. And uh, the guy in the branch who I spoke to, and incidentally this was um, La Caixa, or Caixa Bank, which is I think the third biggest in Spain. They are absolutely everywhere. Um, so I went to Kaisha Bank, and the guy there, well, he, I think, just really couldn't be bothered to do it. He said, no, no, um, you can't open a resident bank account with a temporary NIA. You need your green permanent NIA, the little green card, uh, which is also doubles up as your um, temporary residency card. He said, you need that. You can't open it with a white uh, temporary NIA, even though the number stays the same, um, he 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 was really quite dismissive and didn't want to do it. And I explained the situation. And I said, you know, well, I have got an appointment for my um, green uh, permanent NIA uh, next month. You know, I've, you know, it takes three four weeks to 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 get the appointment to get there. He said, well, can't can't they just uh, can't your job can't your employer just pay you by check for the first month? And I thought, well, I doubt it. Um, So that was annoying. Um, I came back out, I spoke to a Spanish friend, and we went to another branch of La Caixa uh, the following day. And my Spanish friend, well, came with me and said, leave this to me. I know how these things work. You really just have to be pretty hard-faced and uh, don't accept no for an answer. You have to bargain with them, etc., etc. So we went to another branch of La Caixa, literally just around the corner from the first branch I'd been to, and we sat down, spoke to a guy, explained the situation, and, yeah, at first he was reluctant to open the residence bank account, um, with just the temporary NIA number, but eventually he gave in and said, OK, I'll do it on the condition that as soon as you've got your permanent NIA card, you come back to this branch and see me and show it to me and I will make a photocopy of it. Of course, as you know, they love to make photocopies of absolutely everything. So that's what I did. The account I opened on the spot, so the account was open and I think I received my bank card and a paying in book and uh, pin pin numbers and various other 
uh, paperwork associated with the account. I think I received that about a week later. So the account was open. So yeah, you really have to adopt a, a, a tough stance sometimes in, in, in the face of inflexibility. The other thing I could have done uh, when I spoke to the first guy, the first time I went to La Caixa on my own, um, he, I said, can I open a non-resident account? And again, super reluctant to do that. Um, oof, no, well, if you're going to be a resident here, it's not worth opening a non-resident account because oof, they're going to charge you uh, you know, lots and lots of fees, which is kind of true. That is true with a non-resident account. Uh, they're going to charge you lots of fees. Um, and then when you do get your uh, permanent NEA number, uh, to, to transfer the non-resident account to a permanent account is going to be really difficult. We'll have to close the residence account and, and then open you a new account and it's going to be a lot of hassle and you're going to have to pay more fees and, and all of that kind of thing. So, he, I mean, I think I just got unlucky with that first guy I saw in La Caixa um, because he just clearly did not want to help me. So there you go. It, it does completely depend on what bank you go to, what branch, who you encounter at the time. Just a note about uh, residence accounts versus non-residence accounts. Non-residence accounts do incur fees that are usually uh, quite a bit higher than an account for a resident. They'll probably charge you a three-monthly fee. of I, They vary between 20 I've heard 50 euros um, every three months to, to maintain the account. They're stricter on how much money you need to keep in the account uh, as a minimum balance. And they will charge you lots of other little hidden fees for withdrawing money. Uh, even if you're in Spain, withdrawing money for the account, using your debit card on the account, any kind of transfers, any kind of direct debits that you set up on a non-residence account will work out to be not prohibitively expensive, but more expensive than if you have a uh, residence account. Uh, now, it is possible to open bank accounts, obviously, in person inside a bank branch, and it is possible to open bank accounts uh, online. I'll talk about online in a second, but if you're going in person, and I would recommend this, actually, because a lot of the online websites are a little bit confusing. Some pages will be in English. As you get into the process, other pages will be in Spanish. So if your Spanish isn't great, the online accounts can be a little bit tricky, but I'll talk about that in a second. If you're going in person to open account, banks are usually open, well, banks are open between 9 a.m., and 2 p.m. Uh, Monday to Friday. They may close a bit earlier on a Friday and they're also open usually on Saturday mornings uh, up until about lunchtime. Many of them do not have English-speaking staff. Some do in the bigger cities. There are a couple of branches in the centre of Madrid and the centre of Barcelona and Valencia uh, where you will be able to find English-speaking staff. You may have to make an appointment specifically with them, so you'd have to go in if you really want to open the account um, in English. And if you know if you don't speak much Spanish, you'll have to make an appointment to see an English-speaking. Um, member of staff. Uh, but other than that, in my experience, um, they don't really speak much English. Sometimes if you get a younger member of staff, they may speak a little bit of English enough to get the account open for you, but don't expect them to speak English. Uh, so in that case, bring someone along with you, anyone you know who can speak a good Spanish, uh, a friend, a relative, a work colleague, anyone who's willing to come with you to the appointment. 
And my advice as well would be to go go early in the day, try and get their first thing in the morning. Uh, it took about um, 45 minutes to an hour for me to open the account when I eventually did manage to open the account. And as I say, the account is usually active uh, immediately uh, or certainly within around five days and your documentation and cards are normally dispatched within uh, a week to two weeks. So yeah, get there early and allow uh, allow a couple of hours to do it. It's just that in my experience, I find Spanish banks have very relatively short opening hours and they always seem to be very busy. Um, there always seems to be a fairly big queue of people waiting. Uh, in most branches I've been to, uh, they only have you know one or two people on hand dealing with customers. So it's going to be again another exercise in patience. Um, so, but allow allow enough time. It's not something you're going to be able to do in just half an hour. Uh, so yeah, opening an account online. For a residence bank account online, uh, yes, you can usually open it. And in some cases, you can apply for a non-resident bank account online. Either way, you will probably still, well, you will still need to visit a branch in person. So you get the the, the process, the wheels moving. But uh, in order to actually sign off and open the account, you will need, need to go to the bank and meet someone in person uh, who will need to see your documentation and uh, take photocopies. I would say just go in person. I don't really think that applying for a bank account in advance uh, via um, the internet is going to really save you that much more time and it could end up being a bit more confusing. Um, again, while most banks do have English verse, English versions of their websites, uh, a lot of the translations often tend to be a bit clumsy and a bit confusing and you know you could uh, maybe misunderstand a few various things. The other thing I found is that many banks will say that you can open an account, a bank account online, uh, but when you actually start the online process, you find that they will ask you f uh, to enter an existing uh, bank account number, but a Spanish bank account number. So they assume that the online process seems to be designed for either Spanish citizens or people who already have Spanish residency or basically people who already have another uh, an existing Spanish bank account open and just want to open another one and want to do it online. I've noticed this a few times. Um, so you're going to already need uh, a Spanish bank account number, which it's, incidentally a Spanish bank account number is a very long, I think it's like 16 digits. Um, it's basically an IBAN number. So it starts with the letters ES for España and it's a very, very long number. That is your bank account number. Um, in the UK bank account numbers, the everyday bank account numbers that you need to give for various things are only very short. I'm going to look in a bit more detail in a moment about the types of bank accounts and that are on offer. So let's look first of all then at who the main Spanish banks are. Um, well, Banco Santander. Santander is the country's largest bank. Uh, I know Santander have many branches in other countries as well. I, certainly in the UK, Santander. Um, bank is a very well-known high street bank in the UK. You can find it everywhere. Um, but that's the uh, biggest bank in Spain. The second is uh, BBVA, BBVA, which stands for Banco Bilbao Vizcaya Argentaria. And that is the second largest bank. It operates a huge network of branches um, all around the world as well, apparently. One of the leading Spanish banks, but it has a big market um, in Mexico and in South America. 
The third is Kaisha Bank, uh, sometimes also referred to as La Caixa. Uh, Caixa Bank is the third largest uh, by market value in Spain and apparently it actually has the uh, most extensive branch network in Spain as well, um, which I think is true. Um, they have branches absolutely everywhere. Um, something I've noticed in Spain that there seem to be many, many uh, bank branches for all of the banks. Um, than there than there are in the UK. Uh, then you have Sabadell in at number four and Bankia uh, as well, which are very common uh, banks that you're going to see uh, all over towns and cities in Spain. Um, so yeah, there are lots of branches. Um, but so how do you choose one? My story, why did I choose La Caixa? Well, I did a bit of research online and at the end of the day I found really that most of the main banks are pretty much the same in terms of uh, the products they offer, uh, the charges or the fees that, um, that, they, that they charge, these kinds of things. I went to La Caixa because on the day I decided I was going to open my bank account, I walked around uh, the neighbourhood where I was staying and La Caixa didn't have a great big queue going out the door. <laughs> so I thought, hey, they're all pretty much the same. Uh, I've seen La Caixa banks everywhere. Um, I'm just going to go in there and open an account. Basically, like st sticking a pin in a map, I just chose La Caixa because I'd seen it everywhere. I'd heard of it. They weren't super busy when I went. So I, that's the reason I went to La Caixa. But also my advice would be, you know, how do you choose a bank? Well, uh, choose a bank that has a branch uh, close to where you're going to live, if possible. And even better, try and choose a, a bank which has a branch close to where you're going to be working. Um, I say this because Spanish banks, is, you know, only have fairly short opening hours. Um, they're only open till 2 p.m. And if you're working a normal kind of timetable, you know, um, you know, eight, eight thirty nine in the morning until six, seven p.m. in the evening, it's going to be really hard if you ever need to uh, go into a branch um, for anything, any counter service. Um, which, you know, you probably will need to do from time to time. It's really annoying if you're working and you can't get to a branch in time before it closes. So I would certainly say choose one that's close to where you live and close to where you work. So if you need to stop into a branch on your lunch break uh, and there's a bank really close by, you can do that. Because otherwise it's quite difficult to get the your free time to coincide with when banks are actually open. Larger branches are open on Saturday mornings, usually until about 1 p.m., but, of course, they are really busy on Saturday mornings because everyone else has the same kind of problem trying to get uh, time to go during the week when they're working. So Saturdays tend to be pretty busy. So let's look at the different types of bank accounts uh, available. What do these uh, different banks each offer in terms of accounts? Well, um, in my experience when I was looking, um, they're really all much of a muchness, really. Um, obviously, they're all in stiff competition with each other for your custom. And I think it's important to mention at this point that there are two main types of current accounts uh, at Spanish banks. There's uh, what's called a cuenta nómina and a cuenta sin nómina. So a nómina is your uh, salary or your wage. That is your nómina. Uh, a cuenta nómina, cuenta being uh, account, uh, a cuenta nómina is an account that you agree to have your monthly salary paid into every month. The cuenta sin nómina is an account that you open but you don't have your monthly salary paid into. 
In reality, what is the difference? Or does it make much of a difference? Well, it does actually make quite a lot of difference. If you don't meet the minimum requirements in terms of paying in uh, cash or having money transferred into your account on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, so that would be having your salary paid in or um, domiciled into the account, as they say in Spain, uh, you will be charged more fees. So if you don't have your salary uh, domiciled to the account or maybe your um, pension, or if you don't pay in uh, a minimum amount every month, you're going to be charged, well, it does vary, but around 8 to 10 euros uh, per month for the account management. And you'll also be charged something like 10 to 20 euros per year for your uh, debit card. And the bank will also charge you um, lots of small fees, uh, possibly for each transaction you make, uh, for any direct debits that are set up on the account, they will charge you fees for. They will charge you extra fees for any over-the-counter services that you have to do in, in branch. And well, yeah, these can quickly add up. So to try and avoid this, um, uh, my advice would be definitely try to get a quinta nomina and either have your salary, a pension or a personal deposit paid into the account uh, every month to avoid all of the hidden fees. Now you can do that if you uh, open the account and then you suddenly stop paying in that money or you stop working. Um, they won't close the account but they will just revert it to a quinta sin nomina and then you'll start seeing the fees um, roll in. Um, usually the minimum monthly deposit for a quinta nomina, so for a salary domiciled account, um, is around 600 euros per month as a minimum. Um, if you're having your pension paid in, uh, they're a bit kinder and I think the minimum requirement is is 300 euros per month. Uh, there are also some bank accounts which, which will offer a maintenance fee-free account uh, if you keep a minimum balance, but that's usually several thousand euros to avoid uh, many of the fees. Um, so looking at some of the specific accounts on offer, I'm not going to go through all of the banks, but I look at the top three banks and what uh, their main bank accounts are are. Uh, Santander's main current account is called Quenta123. And to get this account and all of its benefits, uh, i.e. avoiding uh, monthly or quarterly account management fees and a, a fee-free bank card, you will need to pay in uh, a minimum of €600 Euros per month or if uh, it's a pension, uh, €300 Euros per month. You will also need to maintain the uh, fee-free status of the account uh, to set up three direct debits on the account within the first three months of opening it. And also within the first three months, you'll need to make a minimum of six transactions using the bank's debit card. And that could be online purchases, in shops, those kinds of things. Santander also have a Quinta 123 Smart for people aged between 18 and 31 years old. Uh, there is no minimum pay-in requirement for that account and uh, the bank card is fee-free as well. Uh, Santander also offer a what's called a Quinta Zero which is an account which is managed completely digitally, uh, entirely online or through their mobile app and it's, uh, it's fee-free. 
Again, uh, as long as you pay in a minimum of 600 euros per month or 300 euros if it's a pension. Uh, let's look at the second biggest bank then, BBVA, BBVA. Um, they offer almost identical accounts, or they seem to be uh, now edging their customers towards having solely digital bank accounts, which are only managed online. So there's a Quenta Online BBVA for people over 30, and then there's an under 30s account called Quenta Online Blue, which is uh, fee-free, and uh, you don't need to have a minimum deposit requirement each month. Uh, with those accounts though, to keep them uh, uh, free of any fees, you will need to uh, use your debit card a minimum of seven times in the first four months. Uh, so that's cash withdrawals or using your debit card to make payments. And then we have Caixa Bank. Uh, so Caixa Bank offers a cuenta corriente, a current account, uh, for uh, 12 euros every three months. And that includes all fees, and there is no obligation to make a minimum deposit uh, either. Uh, the better option, though, with La Caixa is their Quenta Family, which um, I think is quite a new account. Uh, that requires a minimum deposit each month, again, of 600 euros or 300 euros if it's a pension. And you have to have a minimum of three direct debits uh, set up on the account as well. So those are three examples of the kind of bank products offered by the, the major three banks in Spain as of summer 2018. As you can see, they're pretty much uh, the same in terms of the fees and in terms of the requirements uh, for salaries or pensions being paid in. I've only banked with uh, Kaisha Bank. I've had a pretty positive experience with them, to be honest, apart from getting the account open in the first place. Uh, Any times I've had to deal with them face-to-face -face in, in branch, um, they've been fairly efficient. Um, I've had no sort of nasty surprises or anything like that. And I guess speaking to other friends who have accounts with different uh, banks, they each have their own gripes um, with their own banks. I think most of my friends seem to bank with Santander and uh, they seem to hate Santander for some reason or another. Um, I don't know why, but they just had bad customer, ser uh, customer service experience or something like that. I, I can't for myself really say because I've always banked with Kaisha Bank uh, since I've been living in Spain. Also worth mentioning there are a couple of other lesser known banks on the market. Uh, ING Direct which I believe also operate in numerous other countries, is an online and telephone-based bank and uh, has pretty good reviews. Uh, they used to offer a non-residence account. I understand now that they have now uh, abolished that, um, but they offer the two main accounts, the Sin Nomina and the Quentan Nomina. And there's Evo Bank, which is uh, quite a new kid on the block. Um, again, which, as I understand it, offers... Uh, fee-free banking, again, for minimum deposits. With Evo Bank, though, there are very few branches. Um, if you're living in the centre of the big city like Madrid or Barcelona, uh, might be okay. But even, even then, um, I think I've only seen two or three uh, Evo Bank branches in Madrid. Um, the other thing to note is that uh, many of the big banks now are offering uh, what I would call sort of little brother bank accounts. So they are technically part of the bank, but they are a separate bank. Uh, for example, Santander, 
uh, offers accounts through Open Bank. Again, it's uh, solely managed uh, online. You can only open the bank account online. Um, I think you can d do some over-the-counter service uh, in Santander branches with Open Bank. Uh, La Caixa have fairly recently launched uh, Imagine Bank. Uh, which again is the same thing. It's a, a online only bank account, which you have to open online. You can't manage the bank necessarily over the counter. It has to all be done via the internet. And I think this is becoming increasingly common now. You will notice, as I am sure in uh, most countries around the world, that uh, banks are really now trying to push people to do as much of their banking online as possible. Uh, just while we're talking about uh, online, um, in my experience, uh, all of the banks operate their own mobile phone applications. Uh, La Caixa has a very good one. It's very user-friendly. Um, and uh, these apps can also be uh, used in English as well. Um, a bit clunky. Uh, you'll find that some pages on the app uh, are in English and others are not. There's some quite dodgy translation on some of the pages. But they work really well. And I believe all of the main banks have their own digital uh, mobile phone apps where you can do all of your manage all of your bank accounts you can set up direct debits you can transfer money you can check your balance you can order a new card you can block your card all of those things uh, and I do most of my day-to-day -day banking through the app I very rarely have to go into a branch uh, at all really one piece of useful advice um, I am going to give you for managing your finances during your first few weeks or your first month or so when you first arrive in Spain and you don't have a Spanish bank account and I guess you don't really want to be uh, withdrawing money all the time from the bank card from your country because they charge you quite high fees and they charge you uh, pretty unreasonable currency conversion fees. Um, the way to avoid that, there's two things you can do, which I did, and, and I still use them sometimes. There is a banking application called Revolut, and uh, this is a global product, and it's really useful. So what you do is you open up a Revolut account uh, online, usually via your smartphone, so you download the Revolut app. It's R-E-V-O-L-U-T. You download the app and you set up an account via the app. It's completely free. It doesn't cost a penny. Uh, and when you register, uh, they send you a, a debit card, a MasterCard debit card, I believe it is. I would recommend doing this before you relocate to Spain. So do this in your home country. I believe it's available in pretty much every country around the world. Download the app, set up the account. You uh, order a, a debit card and you can uh, transfer money from your bank account or your bank card in your home country to your Revolut account. And your Revolut account gives you a really, really good rate of currency conversion. I think it's actually at the official rate that the banks use, so you don't get charged any conversion uh, costs at all. You get the best rate that's available on the day. And it also, once you've loaded the money into your account and subsequently onto your Revolut uh, debit card, 
you can withdraw money from pretty much any cash machine, any cash point, any ATM machine in Spain, and it doesn't charge you any fees for withdrawing the cash. So I'd really recommend doing that. Um, maybe set that up before you head out to Spain, and then at least for the first few weeks or the first month until you get your Spanish bank account open, uh, you can transfer, uh, I don't know, pounds or dollars or whatever it is, your local currency, across to the Revolut. Uh, account and card and you can withdraw it in Spain and it acts as a debit card as well so you can pay for uh, uh, goods and services in stores with your Revolut debit card and it gives you really good rates of conversion and doesn't charge you any fees so that's well worth doing uh, and I still continue to use it occasionally if I ever have to move money from the UK from my bank account in the UK across to Spain and I want to withdraw it um, I do it usually through Revolut uh, the other thing as well, uh, there's an international bank which I think launched about 18 months ago called N26. Uh, it's headquartered based in Germany, so it's officially a German bank. But what you can do, again, you can open a bank account online through them, N26. And uh, it's a really simple process. I think you have to do a very short video call on Skype or on your phone um, it's all really easy easily it's, it's all really clearly explained in the process uh, to verify your uh, identity I think you have to show them your passport through the camera on your phone or your laptop and they will open you up a European bank account with a European IBAN number it is uh, based in Germany um, but uh, you can again transfer money into the account free of charge um, they send you a uh, MasterCard debit card, which is completely free. When you, uh, like Revolut, withdraw money using this card, they don't charge you any commissions and they give you the best rates available on the day. And you can use it as a debit card in stores as well. And you can also run it like a normal bank account. So you can set up direct debits onto the account. You can do bank transfers, all of those things. So that's another thing worth looking into as well at the beginning and something you could, something you could potentially set up uh, before arriving in Spain. Uh, while we're talking about uh, withdrawing cash and ATMs, um, well, this is one thing that kind of surprised me and annoyed me a bit when I first moved to Spain. Um, now, in Spain, I don't know, obviously, from where you're listening from, what the situation is there. But in the UK, you can, regardless of what bank you bank with, you can withdraw uh, cash from an ATM machine um, in any other bank, any other financial entity, and they will not charge you anything. It's just as if you were withdrawing money from your own bank through their ATM uh, network. Uh, in Spain, it's not the same. And it used to be like uh, uh, like this in the UK about 20, 25 years ago. If you withdrew your cash from another bank, they would charge you a, a fee. Well, it's still like this in Spain. And it can be quite annoying because um, I bank with La Caixa, for example, if I'm out and about in the middle of Madrid and I want to get some cash out um, and I don't go to a Caixa Bank machine and I go to, let's say, I don't know, Santander, uh, just to withdraw the cash, they will charge me a fee. Now, the fees vary. Um, for example, I think if I withdraw cash uh, with my account, my card from La Caixa, in a Santander ATM, it would charge me something ridiculous like four or five euros. 
whereas if I go to, um, I don't know, Sabadell or if I go to Bebe Ubea, they may charge me two euros or one euro. So depending on what bank you're with, um, the fees will vary for withdrawing your cash. Except if, of course, you're withdrawing cash from your own bank's ATM machine. So if I'm with Lakaisha and I use my Lakaisha debit card to withdraw cash from Lakaisha uh, ATM, no fees at all. This can be quite annoying when you're not near your own uh, uh, bank network. And there are three ATM networks in Spain. One is called Servired. One is called 4B and the other one is called Euro 6000. So whichever bank you bank with, uh, your bank will be affiliated to one of those three networks. And um, even if you use a, a bank, a different bank, but on the same network as your bank, you will still be charged um, uh, a fee for withdrawing cash, but it will be uh, quite a lot lower than if it's with a different network. So uh, ATMs all display the network that they are affiliated with. And also on the back of your Spanish debit card, you'll have uh, a logo from one of those three uh, networks as well to tell you what uh, network your your own bank is affiliated with. So it's just something to watch out for. Uh, the fees vary. Um, I think the cheapest fee uh, sometimes, depending, is about 98 cents if you're withdrawing from a, an ATM, which isn't part of your own bank. Uh, and as I say, they can go right up to five euros. Uh, just a quick note, if you're thinking about loans and credit cards and how to get a Spanish credit card and a Spanish loan, uh, of course, all of the main banks uh, offer uh, these um, services and products. I think for me, my, La Caixa, Caixa Bank offered me a credit card once I had been banking with them for about eight or nine months. It was unsolicited. They sent me a letter saying, you, could, uh, you can have a credit card with us if you like. If you do, just fill in this form, send it back to us and we'll get in touch and you can come in and we'll set up a credit card for you, which I thought about and I actually did do in the end because I think, you know, if you're going to be in Spain for any long period of time or indefinitely or forever, it's probably a good idea to start building a credit history uh, in Spain if you ever do want to take out a loan, if you're further down the line maybe thinking about um, getting a mortgage in Spain it's uh, probably a good idea after a while to to build up a credit history. So all banks will usually offer you their own credit card. And there are various types, but they'll offer you their own credit card once they see that you've been managing your accounts with them well. Uh, and I guess yeah, anywhere between six months and a year, um, they'll let you have a credit card. And it kind of makes sense because I guess you don't really want to be using your credit cards from your home country all of the time because you are going to end up racking up quite large fees on commission, currency, conversion and other associated fees. Anyway, um, that's uh, banking and opening a bank account in Spain. Uh, I would say it's certainly easier to do than getting your NIE number. As I mentioned uh, last week, getting the NIE is the key really to doing all of these things. But opening a bank account is actually fairly straightforward. But as always, uh, as I've really come to realize over the years, that in Spain, any kind of bureaucracy really does depend on uh, where you are, what you're trying to do, who the person is dealing with you. Uh, you know, it's not 
always black and white. So my advice is try and open a residence bank account if you're thinking of living in Spain for anything longer than a few months and try and convince them to open it with your temporary NIE number and uh, and you shouldn't have too many problems but as I said at the beginning of the podcast they may well ask for the permanent NIE, the little green card and of course that takes uh, usually a month or two to get after you first arrived so yeah, there's a possibility that you you know, could be stuck without a bank account. But you won't be because there is a case of just being persistent. It's a case of going to different banks and it's a case of explaining the situation to them. And I think usually they will open you up a, a current account, uh, a residence current account with a temporary NIE. And there are certain things which are obviously going to go in your favour, which I think is what ha- happened to me uh, eventually, the second time I went to Kaisha Bank to open an account, they saw that I had a job contract. So I think based on that, uh, they opened the account. You know, you can always try and sort of blackmail them a bit and say, well, you know, you're, you know, if you don't open the account for me, you're going to miss out on however much money is going to be paid in, into your bank every month. I, and I can just go somewhere else and do that. So, um, yeah, you've got to be prepared to, to negotiate and you've got to be prepared to uh, stand your ground. So, as always, thank you for listening. I hope uh, this how-to guide uh, has been useful. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, it wasn't really my plan to do uh, another how-to guide right off the back of the one last week. Uh, I will be, obviously, over time doing more how-to guides uh, in the future. But at least for the next few weeks, uh, we'll be doing, uh, I'll be uh, doing some podcasts which are a bit lighter and uh, a bit more looking at the culture of Spain uh, as well. As always, uh, a huge thank you to all of you who continue to subscribe and to anyone who is new to the podcast. I think When in Spain is now being listened to in more than 30 countries around the world. So a big hello to all of you wherever you're listening. I hope you do continue to follow the podcast. Uh, As I always say, feel free to get in touch with any questions, any suggestions, any feedback. You can do that uh, through the When in Spain website. Click on the contact link and find the email address there. Uh, Get in touch anytime you want. I'm always happy to hear your thoughts and I will uh, always endeavour to respond to you uh, personally. Uh, Don't forget the Facebook page, uh, When in Spain, and also on Instagram and Twitter. The handles are at When in Spain. Have an absolutely fantastic week. Uh, Next Wednesday, I hope to bring you my Spanish friends uh, talking about Spanish life and culture compared with life in the UK. But until then, have a great week and hasta luego.